Here's to you, dear listeners, and welcome to Metal Gear Mondays, the most thorough Kojima podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Sam Wright, and we're here to talk more Death Stranding, um, you know, the good stuff. But before we get started today, I have to introduce to you my friends, my rogues gallery, my co-hosts, starting with Cole Duncan. Also known as Mr. Beat the Game Man. How are you, buddy? He finally did, I it. Finally did it. Yeah, look at me. I actually did something. <laughs> a for heathen, once. a heathen no longer. Yes. He finally is a man. We can be I, King Narc himself. I'm not a game narc. I finally, I am no longer a delivery <laughs> boy. I am a is delivery that, man. Game narc. Is that what you do? The cheat codes? Uh, no, yeah, yeah. Actually, you got to go buy it from like. You have to like <laughs> ask your mom for you know, you know, like the money to go to Walmart and pick it up, and then you got to like open up the PlayStation to use it. It's a whole thing. It's a whole. I know big someone who deal. can definitely well, tell you about it though. Oh, would that be our next our next host? Yeah, yeah, probably the actual narc <laughs> of this of this entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna assume you're talking about Mister Zach James. He's he's under he's under protest. <laughs> I'm not an art Billy. You're the Billy. I mean, you're the art Billy. Oh hey, man! And yeah, hello. How you, how you doing, guys? <laughs> good, good, good. Good to have you back, sir. <laughs> as always. Happy to be. And uh, our final our final host, somebody who's innocent in all of this, Mr. Chris Hampton. <laughs> Blessings and salutations, children. The actual, actually the most innocent person on this podcast. <laughs> the only sweet angel baby we fucking have on this yeah, show. Yeah. It's because he's at, the biggest fucking son of us. That's so nice of you to say. Old yeah, St. Chris over here. Mr. Ayat's hand, sweet baby angel, Chris Hampson. Billy! Um, <laughs> God damn it. Um... So we're going to, again, we want to get right into the action, but we have one little piece of information that we need to discuss in uh, in a little segment we like to call the news. It's time for new, 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 new. Death Stranding. News, yeah! So, in case you bins not knowing... Um, there's going to be a pretty significant update to Death Stranding coming in mid-December. As you are listening to this, it is, uh, it is, I believe, if my calendar will work, December 9th. So we might probably be a ways away from this update. If not, you're probably experiencing it now, and that's awesome. But if so, news. Um, they're going to be doing some cool quality of life improvements, such as uh, mm. if you don't like small font, they're given the ability to increase the text size um, of the menus, uh, which is very nice. Um, menus, emails, things like that. Um, and they're also doing a couple of like uh, in-game stuff that, that have been commonly requested, but they're doing... What are they doing, Chris? They're letting you dispose of like vehicles. I think is one of the things. Like, what what is what does that mean? Yeah, I assume it's uh, like you can recycle things in the game right now. Um, oh, so you can do that with vehicles, but you can only uh, have so many vehicles, right? You can only have uh, two, I think, right now. So if, yeah. if you want to like have 
a regular bike and a long range bike in a truck. Uh, I think the way it is now is wherever you build the, the thing that's the oldest gets just shuffled out and it's gone yeah. forever and you lost all the resources that you used to build that thing. Mm-hmm. So, well, But now you have the ability to, yeah, yeah. to get that stuff back. How about an option to turn um, off just a freaking back. unnecessary slow-mo? <laughs> I don't need a cutscene every time I'm grabbing a bug or every time it starts to rain. You know, no. Zach, you were the guy last time who couldn't wait three minutes for Hartman to come back. <laughs> no, so. no, and you know and what? I, I stand by it. The more I learn about you, the more I just I feel you're an impatient. Tell you, tell you what, Chris, in my next book, I'm going to dedicate a chapter that's nothing but a guy describing his own farts for 30 pages. Dedicated to you, my friend. <laughs> Jesus oh. Christ. And you know how much time is going to elapse in the real world? I'll read the fuck Three minutes. <laughs> we only got four minutes to save the world. It's back. I did it again. I did it a fucking again. Handle it. Um, but yeah, so it, this update is going to be, so there are, I think, a couple of other features they are planning to um, to include in the update, but the vehicle one and the text one are the only ones that they've, um, they've announced. But apparently, um, the update will likely address other common requests. We're just not sure which ones they are. Um, how about a portable music player? Yeah, that'd be dope. Little, little that, iPads, little iPod, little little, little MP3 little player. IPod. I just I want to listen iPod. to uh, Low Roar right here. Low Low Walkman. Yeah, Maybe patch out chapters ten and twelve. <laughs> oh God, we're listen. Okay, calm down, calm down, Rocky. We're gonna get there. Uh, <laughs> don't even know. Let's check it. But yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, look for that update coming in mid-December. There was one that released recently that was like a bug fix, I think. But there's going to be a bigger one coming in mid-December. So keep an eye out for that. And uh, and yeah, I think that's all we have for the news as far as I'm aware. Gentlemen, are there any objections to jumping into our discussion today? Let's get it. Let's get this bread, boys. Fun keeping up. Is that the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire thing? Yeah, I was just about to say that. It's hard when you come to realize someone's path is headed elsewhere in life. So, babe, you walk your way, I'll walk mine. But I'll stop to think of you from time. Um, so, we are. The thing about the episodes and the chapters in this game is that they kind of bleed into each other. So there's not, you don't, we don't really know specifically like where does episode nine end and where does episode 10 begin. So just to be safe, I divided it up like this. So in theory, we might still be talking about episode nine a little bit, but all of the stuff that's happening here feels like it belongs in episode 10 personally. So we're going to pick up from where we left off, which was, uh, we beat Higgs, and uh, uh, Fragile's got a gun, and some bad things may happen to Higgs. And so, after this, all this bad stuff happens, um, Sam walks up to Amelie, and she asks him what took so long, and he um, he puts uh, her kipu back on her, and then Fragile walks up with Higgs's mask, and um, this is my. This might be my favorite line in the game. She says, "I brought you a metaphor," <laughs> <laughs> which is so fucking. 
fucking on the nose. I, I can't be mad at it. I just love that line. That that was worth the price of admission. It really was. It was so phenomenal. Like I I can't I can't be mad at it. I just I brought you a metaphor, <laughs> cryptic metaphor. Cryptic metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she <laughs> she kind of she wants Sam to take the mask and use it to like tell the mules and like the people with this Porter syndrome like this is what happens when you hide behind a mask. And Sam is like, no, it's better if they hear it from the woman herself. And then Fragile also reveals that she brought Lou with her, and Lou seems very happy. And um, Fragile asks where she can send them, and Amelie is not impressed. And uh, very, she kind of uh, steps in. Like. Very, very jealous-like yeah, in this it's, moment. It's super weird, you know, being that uh, that uh, she's his sister. But yeah, so she kind of steps in and uh, says that uh, since the chiral network's all connected, they can jump east together. And um, Sam is trying to be a little bit nicer, and he goes, look, we appreciate what uh, you've done for us, and uh, we're, but we're good for now. And uh, uh, you're needed back at Fragile Express, and, and uh, who would be better to scoop all the pieces and put them back together? Um, and uh, that they wouldn't want to settle on anything less than uh, perfection. Um, no, that's what she says. So she uh, she says that who would be better to scoop up the pieces and put them back together? We wouldn't want to settle on anything less than perfection. And uh, she kind of gets really upset and walks away and says that they're squared and that there's nothing owed and nothing left to say. And then Amelie is like, we still have work to do. Total passive aggressive um, move on Fragile's part. Very, a little. Very. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're both, this, being, this, they're this, both this, being extremely passive aggressive in this moment. Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's very catty. <laughs> What's in for, <laughs> like I it's mean, not, for no reason is it being catty. That's the thing. Right. And, and the thing of it is like. It did kind of come out of nowhere. Just like, hey, we're good. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, just, Okay. What's well, wrong? Nothing. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I just yeah. don't, I just don't, and maybe someone can, you know, enlighten me. Why do, like, why is there animosity between Fragile and Amelie in this moment? I mean, I mean Fragile legitimately helped Sam get to her to, you know, ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, finish what he started or finish what she started. Because Amelie's a bad lady. We're not doing this on this episode, okay? (laughs) (laughs) We don't know if she's a bad lady, Zach. I think it's it's kind of a clue that Fragile might know something about the situation that we don't know. Mm. Yeah, that Amelie's bad. Like, like it's a choice, right? And normally, like, (laughs) you're playing a video game, it presents you with a choice of like you could do Mm -hmm. this thing or you could do that thing. But in this in this game, the choice is made for us. It's like we could go with Fragile and go back and help everybody, or we could go with Amelie. And the game is like, we're going with Amelie. Yeah, this game doesn't give you a lot of choices. This game gives you the illusion of choice a I just think of it's, times. Yeah. I just think it's so weird how they chose to square it up, though. Like, like, like uh like we said is because it's like there's no reason for amelie to be like this like it was very much like um like a girlfriend not liking like a female friend type of situation it felt very weird fragile showed up and amelie was like hold my kipu hold my kipu (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, but yeah, it uh, yeah, it was very yeah, it was very weird. But uh, fragile walks away, and um, and yeah, Sam kind of hesitates a little bit, and Amelie's just like, do, "Do you even still believe in me?" And that she is still a walking time bomb even without Higgs. And she's like, "I can end it all just like that." But that's what, uh, but um, what's what I always wanted was for everybody to be one. And um, uh, uh, Sam kind of asks her if all of this was for her, for for Bridget, and Amelie says it's for their country and their future. And uh, Amelie tells Sam that when he was uh, back east, she slipped out of the beach and went to visit him. And Sam gets a little upset and goes, asks if she lied about everything and asks if she knew what it took for him to get there. Um, and then she says that if she didn't lie to him, he wouldn't have come and that um, they knew that he would cross the country and build the UCA for her. And that was it was Di Harmon's idea to do it, which is understandably and then, fucked up. Yeah, man, that's shady as shit. You could get <laughs> out? Really? Like, that's so bullshit. Sam shows up to the beach. He's like, I'm finally here. And she's like, oh, that's great. This is my boyfriend, Chet. What's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> it's only like one step it's, removed from that. Yeah, it's so fucking shady. It's and I super can't like shady. I don't I just like like when she said that, I sat like I sat back and I was like, um, excuse me? And also, can we just can we just remark real quick when when you first initially made her and she's like, What took you so long? I'm like I walked across the fucking country. That's oh, what took um, me so fucking long. For you! See, I sat back and went, this bitch. <laughs> this bitch. <Yeah. laughs> She's just like, come on. No, hey, nice to see you again as well. How have you been? Oh, great. Me? Oh, fantastic. I just walked through literal hell to get here. God. Yeah. <laughs> outstanding commentary from chris hampton everybody thanks oh, <laughs> uh, yeah it is it just felt it's, it is super frustrating it's like you're being chastised for having played the game incorrectly or something like yeah. you, know, you did you're it wrong like, you're doing it exactly the way that they want you to and it's uh mm-hmm. we'll, i mean we, made, we were basically speed running it yeah yeah so we were we, we were going fast. We were like Sonic, baby. Gotta go fast. Just gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Um, but um, after she says this to Sam, Sam utters what might be... <laughs> um, I'm hard-pressed to say best line, it's, but like... It's up there, that's for sure. It's a good one. It's pretty up there. Sam goes that... So... <laughs> Sam says it so so I'm Mario and you're Princess Peach but then to which and my fucking god I paused the cutscene because I could not stop laughing but then Ollie responds with what might be the worst line in well, so well, so well, there's a little bit in between those two lines uh, before we get there. I just need to, I just need to express something. So I think it was, um, oh, I think it was back back before we started the coverage. Um, me and Alessio were talking about the character trailers, mm-hmm. and they had that episode where they introduced um, uh, the Preppers and Luden's fan Jeff Keeley. 
and we are talking about um, Jeff Keighley. Uh, Mr. Keighley has a uh, propensity to say Mario instead of Mario when he's talking about Mario. And um, <laughs> Alessio was like, I swear to God, if I hear Jeff Keighley say Mario in this video <laughs> game, I'm going to be so mad. And I said, why would there ever be a reason for anybody in this game to say Mario? <laughs> <laughs> It was like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I can't, I could not fucking believe it. I was so (laughs) giddy and like upset and like every emotion that exists in the spectrum. I just wanted, I felt in that moment. I want to be a fly on the wall when like the, like directing came into play in that scene. They're like, all right, so uh, Norman, you have your lines ready? And he's just like, am I really about to fucking say this? Like, (laughs) this is, someone got paid to write this, right? Well, no, it was Hideo Kojima who wrote it. As the the credits will tell you 57,000 times. I don't know, I think it's kind Um, of clever. I I, I I thought the Princess Peach thing was funny as hell. Yeah. The next one I didn't like. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm with you there. I was like, Princess (laughs) Beach? Yeah, I (laughs) (laughs) Chris, you ruined it. Oh, I ruined it. I rolled my eyes so hard with that, I fucking almost went blind. I had to start wearing glasses again. (laughs) Uh, So after this line, Sam says that he never really gave a shit about the country and had no ties to anyone or anything but her. And then she apologizes and said that it all worked out in the end. And then after this, you hear a gunshot in the distance and you kind of presume that Fragile has finally done the business with Kiggs and... um, Amelie redirects the conversation from that gunshot to, uh, she says, Amelie knows that he has questions, but she wants to save them for after. And Sam agrees to this and asks how they're supposed to get back. And she says the beach runs the whole way and that they're just going to have to run run along the beach. Like, Zach, like Mario, Mario and Princess Beach. <laughs> <laughs> fuck me. Fuck oh off. Oh, my God. <laughs> Also, just an aside, that bitch ain't running along a beach in those heels. Nah. Running along a beach Mm-mm, in shoes no, no, is no. hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, Although, I love this like chariots of fire scene. That I, I, oh my god! <laughs> I laugh my ass off during this when it does the cut back to Sam. They're just they're just oh running, my god, smiling at each other in slow mo. <laughs> well, the best is because the most like, Norman Reedus has smiled in his entire fucking life. Bro. <laughs> well, also the fact that like Amelie's running and she's all like pristine and all that, and then it cuts back to in Sam. slow motion. Then it cuts back to Sam. I don't know about you guys, but my Sam was fucked up. Like his one eye was swollen shut. His like he was covered <laughs> in blood. Yeah, he's given like this like half acid crooked like stroke smile. It's like I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I was expecting like dun 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 to kick it. <laughs> I'm shocked it did it. <laughs> I would have fucking given this game a ten out of ten if he did that. <laughs> it actually gotten the rights to it. Man, this should have been the ending, honestly. <laughs> just a slow fade. Chariots of fire. Just a credits, slow fade. Yeah, just a slow fade to black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god honestly yeah like chris said it earlier this this whole like situation was worth the price of admission because <laughs> oh. yeah. it's so goofy but like honestly this is pete kojima. i kind of yeah it's pete kojima i fucking yeah, love it that, i was just about to say i mean this is the kind of stuff that you expect from a kojima game yeah a kojima game means 
goofy shit <laughs> like this Pretty much. in the middle of a very dramatic situation. Did you say nerd? Like, listen. <laughs> um, it's sandwiched between a very dramatic moment, which is A, Fragile presumably killing Higgs, and then B, what we're about to talk about next. And it's just like super, and maybe it's there for a reason to like ease the tension a little bit, but like, <laughs> I don't know. This shit was this shit was buck wild in the midst of like all I mean, this crazy it just stuff. swings from one one extreme all the way to the other and then back. <laughs> oh yeah. So after this Baywatch run, um <laughs> they stop uh they stop and um, at this like mountain and Amelie tells Sam to wait there. She kind of climbs the rocks and Sam's like waiting there for a second and he's like he's like baby Yoda, I'm gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. And so he goes anyway. And then in the distance, he sees somebody in a white suit talking to Die Hard Man. Um, and it zooms down into the conversation. And, and Die Hard Man is like, he calls her President Bridget Strand. Um, he says he finally gets invited to her beach. And then he holds a gun out at her and asks if she remembers and says that it's the same gun as before. And now he's using it to make things right. And that she was supposed to make the world whole and not fuck it all up. Um, and then uh, she tells him to get on with it and grabs the gun and he uh, yanks the gun away and then fires at her and nothing happens. And this is this is Bridget. Like, it's not Amelie. Yeah, this is Bridget. Yeah. And um, she says there's no atonement for them. And then you kind of like look out to the water and there's Cliff Skellington's kind of rising away. And then Die Hard Man sees Cliff and he cannot believe himself. And he kind of... Uh, kneels in front of cliff and cliff kneels down as well and die hard man starts crying and then cliff takes off die hard man's mask and uh uh just a regular cliff ass beard if, underneath mm-hmm. and uh cliff asks if it's really him and die, die hard man confirms and listen in case you weren't painfully aware in the flashbacks die hard man's john oh my god <laughs> So now that we've we've figured this out, Cole, did you guess that it was John with yeah, Die Hard Man? Yeah, no, you. Yeah, I mean, it's you, his voice is so distinct. I mean, it's just yeah, it's just, it's just obviously Die Hard Man the entire time. Yeah, it's clearly Die Hard Man. Like it's not like like if you didn't like I I'm normally not like this with things, but like if you didn't piece together that John was Die Hard Man, there's something wrong with your critical processing. Yeah. I think. All right, well, pardon me not for being so fucking aware like the rest of you guys. You knew it was John, <laughs> too. Yeah, you narc. You fucking narc. Get out of here. So inter- um, well, interesting aside that I I, I kind of like with this whole scene is, so obviously Mads has his spooky, scary skeletons as usual, but these mm-hmm. ones are all tacked out just like he is, because up until this piece, with the exception of the end of the World War II section, uh, they've all been basically in the in the uniforms of of whatever period they were fighting in and that that mm-hmm. makes me think that maybe these guys are like the the skeletons quote unquote of uh Cliff's old special forces team oh mm. interesting that is a really cool point i didn't even think about that seeing cliff come up like this in my i i was just like kind of giddy a little bit i was like yeah get him cliff <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially, especially yeah cliff make him say uh especially because uh, there was one uh, before he moves on where or i think it was right at the beginning as die hardman's falling to his knees like cliff 
just has this stone face and he's got his he's got his rifle and I, I expected him to just shoot him right then and there. Mm. Like he had a level of ready but to it, go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Dead rise. Um But yeah, um but yeah, so uh Die Hard Man's like, Yeah, it's really me, it's John. He asks Cliff if he's re- if he remembers, and Die Hard Man like apologizes to Cliff, and then Cliff aims his rifle at him. And um and then walks past John, aims his gun at Bridget, and he says he's demanding his BB. He wants his BB. Um, and then Bridget, fucking narc. <laughs> yeah, Bridget that, is the ultimate uh, narc of this ultimate entire, narc of this entire game. Oh we my god. Need another reason to not like her. Here it is. Yeah, for real. She's fucking diabolical, and I can't stand her. <laughs> well, this oh. is this is because at this point, Sam texts me. He's like. Or no, because uh, Sam wasn't this far, but he's like, "Is John Die Hardman?" And I had just finished this section. And I wanted to like go off, and I was like, "No, I can't rant just yet." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, Bridget goes. You're looking at the wrong place, and then just points at Sam on the cliff, and because like <laughs> it was so fucking narky, oh. it was so bad. Um, and then uh. Cliff, like, yells for BB, and the Skellingtons aim their guns up there, too, and then Cliff sends them after Sam, and BB starts crying, Lou starts crying, and then, uh, out of nowhere, Amelie appears and tells Sam to stay back, and then pushes him off the cliff, and then he finds himself in into the water and into the seam, um, and then when he repatriates, he repatriates, he, uh, guess what's inside him? It's not Lou. It's one of them creepy dolls. Oh, what is it? It's a doll. Uh, it's one of the creepy dolls. Oh, that's gonna um, puncture his colon. Oh yeah, his nails in there. There's a lot of stuff in that in his throat. Oh, my God, <laughs> it's, not, it's not good for you, Bubby. You can't be, you can't be <laughs> dolls anymore, Bubby. It's bad for you. <laughs> Get out of my belly, Billy. <laughs> Get out of my belly, Billy. <laughs> you guys. Um, but yeah, so Sam wakes up and <laughs> fucking sees Higgs's mask floating around, which is super cool given like everything that's happened. Yeah, this part messed with me for a second. <laughs> yeah, it's Dead Man being a dick. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought too. Yeah. Um, well, because my my, yeah. my thing in that in that moment was because with Higgs, he's killed off screen. Mm-hmm. He's shot off screen and. So you you don't know. So you don't you don't have like a full a hundred percent. It's you know you're like oh well I mean for sure fragile shot him, and then you mm-hmm. come back and you see the mask floating like it was before. And I was like no I don't want to do another boss fight right now. <laughs> In the room. In the room. Well, imagine how brutal um, that would be. I mean, with how brutal the fist fight was between you and him. In a close quarters thing, just smashing each other up against whatever fixtures you just, can find. Just grabbing it through just, the glass, just grabbing two uh, monster songs and just stone colding them, just right, right over top of, of yourself. Like, it'd be like, Hell, it'd be like yeah, the opening dude. to Casino Royale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just Dead Man being a dick, and Dead Man um, kind of uncloaks himself, and he says that Sam is in his room and it's kind of east of the tar belt, thanks to Amelie. Um, but that they don't know where she is and so that she contacted headquarters with a message saying she was going to finish what Bridget started and then it disappears. And um, she says that uh, Sam says that he saw Bridget on Bridget on the beach and dead man says, look, it's impossible. Her body was burned. And Sam's like, look, I saw her and then I saw Cliff take that diehard man hostage. 
And um, Deadman puts on Die Harbin's mask um, and says he always suspected him, but now he's been putting together a new narrative and that uh, they've been operating under the assumption that Higgs was controlling Cliff, but that it can't be possible since Higgs is gone and Cliff is still causing, quote, trouble. Um, and uh, Deadman thinks that Cliff is the mastermind and that he's holding Amelie and Die Harbin hostage on the beach. Um, and Sam's like, I'm going back. Um, but Deadman lets him know that Fragile's unavailable and that the situation has changed quite a bit and that they'll tell him after he rests. And Sam doesn't want to, but uh, he kind of agrees to do it after Deadman points out that Lou needs to rest as well. Um, and Deadman is kind of talking about like what needs, needs to be done next. As they finish the network, but there's one final step. They need a new president and they need to establish a government. And Sam's like, fuck America. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, and Hartman's like, no, that's we need to do this because we need to rescue Emily and stop the sixth extinction. And um, doing that is the same thing, um, but that neither is possible unless he comes back east. And um, uh, Fragile kind of pops in and says that everybody's here but him. And here's where I have here's where, yeah. and I think the rest of you can agree. Here's where I have a big uh-huh. fucking problem. Uh-huh. This is a big glaring fucking problem. Is it is it Fragile? The, uh, is it the the Lord of the Rings Eagles argument? Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, nerds. Fragile has transported everybody back to headquarters. Lochna's there. Die Hardman's there. Or, uh, or, uh, Hartman's there. Deadman's there. Everybody is fucking at headquarters waiting for Sam. And now she is too tired to, uh, to transport Sam back to the headquarters on the fucking east side of the country. Right. We're on the far west side of the country. Um, and Sam's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not hauling myself back over there. Fragile. Help me. Um, and she says, it's dangerous to use the beach to move people now. Um, and uh, she could also she said she could get stuck on the beach, wouldn't know where she'd come out. Um, and uh, that's why he needs to haul himself back. So this bitch and these people, <laughs> these decided these bitches, <laughs> they decided, OK, Sam is critical to this mission. He needs to be back east. Let me transport literally every secondary character in this game to the headquarters except Sam and then make Sam walk across the fucking country to get back to the headquarters. Okay. Where in the fucking playbook does that make sense? Okay. So I get I get why uh Dead Man needs to be there. I obviously mm-hmm. obviously I get why uh Lochna needs to be there because she's technically mm-hmm. like there big like science uh like person both physically and like applied cool she should be there um why is Hartman there that dude dies every three minutes and it has a perfectly minutes. good place 21 with, he's dead for three minutes he dies every 21 minutes oh yeah yeah he dies every 21 minutes he is perfectly fine in his special lab that's made specifically for him for that exact reason. And he even mentions that his role in this all is to check the beaches for Die Hard Man and Amelie, which, like, he's just doing the same thing he fucking does anyway yeah. to stay in your lab. Just stay. Why do you have to be there? Why could... It's just dumb. Yeah. Because, <clears throat> which, guys, how else would Kojima hold you hostage? I, and I've got a bone to pick with... He says that uh, the thing about going to the beach is to check, because later on he says something that completely contradicts that. Yeah. And and I'll bring it up then. Yeah. 
Okay. All I can say is that um, this makes the backtracking for the fucking hot cold key in Metal Gear Solid One look like child's play. Oh my god! Oh I didn't yeah. Think about that. Oh yeah. 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 So there's one thing. So so basically, what we're about to talk about, episode ten, um, is like entirely cutscene and then backtracking. And I kind of like realize that there is a theme in most of Kojima's modern games where you have to because I don't have a lot of familiarity with his earlier stuff, so I don't really know, but like Metal Gear for sure, where he has a really weird obsession with backtracking. Mm-hmm. And this is the worst it is. Well, not not well, only that, but it's compounded by the fact that it's backtracking interspersed with unskippable cutscenes. Mm. That or, sorry, too, radio calls. That too. And also, uh because the was it the, the chiral density is just through the roof right now because of all this crazy shit. Uh you can't use the network. You can't like make like new equipment. So have fun. Was, was Good that luck. was that this part or was this? I thought that was. It wasn't this part. 12. It was the next part. We'll we'll oh, get we'll get to that part. Well, it, what you you could still make stuff in this part, but if you didn't, oh, yeah, that's good right, luck that's later. Right, that's right. That's right. That's my bad. I'm getting them mixed up. It's just the backtracking mm. all kind of. Runs well, no. Listen, Cole. No one yeah. can blame you because they're both interchangeable. Yeah. Mm. But it's such like a it's such like a it's such a weird fucking thing to do. And like the thing of it is, like even if you're like you're like. Correct, like, the Heartman doesn't really need to be there, but that argument is secondary to the fact that they should have fucking transported Sam first. Yeah, been- he is the key to the entire fucking mission succeeding. Teleport him first. Yeah. I've been saying... What I've are been you doing? Since yeah. episode one, and I'm going to say it again. Artificial padding. Well, yeah. it's, it's that old video game trope of uh, go back from the way you came and, like, see how much more powerful you are now like going and like you know i I can i can i can concede to that i didn't even think of that well here's here's my uh, and we can talk about this a little bit more later too but i don't even think it does that good no like it doesn't even do that that. i i don't know because like i think it's too tedious because what was the biggest threat in this section was just the jellyfish again yeah Mm -hmm. mm-hmm like a jellyfish (laughs) <laughs> oh no, no, no! Oh no! Sorry, I, I, I got, I got. That was in chapter twelve as well. There really was no threats in this part, other than yeah. This, this part the was like story was, was just really having time wasted by dead man calling you every ten minutes, mm-hmm. which was funny because uh, at one point uh, I was just wandering around and Sheena called me, and uh, and she listened as dead man went on and on and on. And after I finished, she went, that's what you've been listening to this entire game? I was like, yep. She was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, but yeah, so they all kind of do their rah-rah break thing and they all have their tasks to do and Dead Man's checking records and Heart Man's checking beaches and blah, blah, blah. And um, and uh, we've got one more flashback as you're leaving the room. You see uh, it's a cliff. It's a BB flashback. And you see Bridget telling John that the child is special, one of a kind. And um, Bridget's wearing the Die Hard Man mask. Which, um, why? Is it? Um, <laughs> I think they, I could be wrong, but I think they explain it later. Oh, did they? I might have missed it. I, they might, I think. I'm pretty sure. They I did, must have missed we'll, it if we'll, they did. We'll yeah. Um, it just seemed out of place to uh, me. <laughs> it was a little out of place. In this moment it was. 
and it was really weird, but I think they do explain it later. So we'll, we'll probably get there. Um, but, uh, uh, John asks her, says if the child could be a BB candidate and she says that it's a foundation or a bridge. And then we get the title card, which is again, episode 10 die hard man. Um, which can I mention for a second that this is like the one character chapter, like you kind of get a little insight into die hard man in this chapter a bit, but like he's barely in it. Yeah. Why is it called die hard man? I'm not sure at this point. Like, I think maybe they just wanted to give all of like the, the quote, like title characters, their own chapter. I, I was like, about to say nothing. that it's, it's probably like an homage to Tarantino. Fucking everyone needs their own chapter. Mm-hmm. But like, he doesn't really have a big role. He's missing for basically all of it. Um, but anyway, um, and yeah, this is thus begins the um, the long walk back. Um, Odyssey number two these calls. Um, I guess it was a scenic enough trip. I guess it was pretty. There was like an aurora on the sky that I didn't notice before, but like that, that was a cool effect. I, I, yeah. I did enjoy that. Yeah, like like I will never not like this game is gorgeous. Like it's a beautiful game to look she at. Pretty. I just like she pretty. She a baddie. This, this, baddie. this like, part this part was basically just speed skeleton my way between all the online generators because it was late enough in the games like release period that a lot of other people were like putting stuff down at this point. Mm-hmm. And with that speed, and the thing too is that like you can book it. Yeah. When you, and the other thing too is that you can plot a course. Um, and because like the network is up, you can see like where the BT spaces are, where the mule stuff is. And again, this is late in the cycle. So like those signs are up and then the, so you can just go around everything. And I did, and it was very easy. Um, um, and I, I kind of like booked it like, like over and then kind of down and then towards, uh, uh, towards like Lake Knot. And then I just grabbed a bike and drove up the the road there to get to Lake Knot city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, dead man calls you, I think five times, yep. um, throughout this, instead of just calling you and talking to you while you're driving, he interrupts you you stop your, your walking or your vehicle or whatever you stop basically. Mm-hmm. And you answer this, uh, this phone call, which the, the phone calls are not skippable or pausable. No, I think they're not. Um, st- and so when I was taking stuck. notes about this, I had to fucking press the PlayStation button to go to the home screen so I could take a fucking breath to write down all the details. Um, and yeah, so uh, Dead Man will call first and he recaps Cliff's story saying that he retired around the time of the Death Stranding and became involved in BB experiments somehow and then died before they ended um, and they're not sure what his death was about but the battlefields are partially sustained by his enduring emotional attachments relating to the BB experiments and this again is a detail we talked about earlier in the game so yeah didn't need that <laughs> um but yeah, he's driven by his compulsion to take BB back and uh, it uh, compelled him to drag himself back from hell and that he's nothing like a BT and they need to know more about him. Um, then you do more and he calls again <laughs> and um, he says that BBs were meant as a catalyst for the chiral network and that all of the not cities were built with them at their core, which is fucked up. Real, real bad. Um. And again, so we know, like, again, to connect Edgenot City, um, we had to take a BB 
and give it to the distro center to put the network online. So like we had a glimpse of what this was a while back and uh, yeah, it was fucked up. Um, and uh, he thinks that uh, Amelie was the one who installed them and that doing all this may have cost Bridget her soul and that the chiral network network is their greatest achievement and their guiltiest sin. And then do 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 you do some more. And he calls a third fucking time. And tells Sam that uh, that Cliff willingly put his child in the care of the BB experiment. So ostensibly here, these are these these uh these phone calls are supposed to be happening like spaced out over time, right? Because Die Hard or Dead Man is looking up this information in the records and he's finding new shit and telling yeah. you. And in theory, these would come out super spaced out because of uh, because you're taking a long trek back. But, like, if you're just fucking going, the trip isn't that long. And so they pick these, like, weird arbitrary points in your trip to call you and stop your progress to tell you this stuff. So it feels very, like, hammed in there. Jarring and right? sporadic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he did this because... So so he's saying that Cliff gave them his baby because of their didn't know what their true intentions were. Um, and then when he found out, he tried to get Ray in custody but failed and says that he'd have every reason to bear a grudge against Bridget... Um, but that just because she wasn't dead doesn't mean that his hate is um, and that he redirected it towards Bridget and anyone close to or to Bridges and anyone close to Die Hard Man. And then calls a fourth time. And like, I don't know about the timing for you guys. This fourth one comes immediately, like like yeah, seconds you get, after you get the, like a couple, the third one. You get like a couple feet on the bike and then all of a sudden the okay yeah. goes off. Okay. Just straight back in. Okay. Um... So yeah, so he calls this fourth time, says that he doesn't think Die Hard Man can make the jump to Bridget's Beach without having a strong personal connection, um, and looked in the histories and said he couldn't see one of those, but the network should have contained something, but there was nothing, and that everything about his life from before the last ten years was redacted. And um, Dead Man considers that he actually has a connection with Cliff and used that to jump and maybe why Cliff is holding Die Hard Man hostage and wonders how the two of them... Um, still wonders how the two of them wound up on the beach and Hartman jumps in now and says that because of the chiral network the beaches are combining and creating one big seam and if that process continues the bts could flood into the living world and create an unprecedented death stranding and he says that um his beach and cliff's battlefield exist in a pocket that are unaffected um and asks where the beach that facilitated a higher process setting everything in motion was and he questions that it might just be Amelie's that is this like big overarching beach and thinks that Cliff's ultimate goal is to gain control of Amelie's beach and exploit its power over everything and trigger this last stranding, this huge extinction event that's going to wipe everything out. Um, and Dead Man thinks that Cliff was the one who put Higgs up to everything um, and that the last stranding is Cliff's final revenge against the world that took his child and his life. It's very dramatic. So that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's just another one of these. It's one another one of these moments where I was like, yeah, you know, I'm really, I really do. I, I, I go back to what I was saying last episode, you know, where I was just kind of complaining about, you know, them not telling me about the actual story uh, and making me mm. read it. This is just another time where it's the exact opposite. Where it's like, hey, here's a giant information dump. Have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's actually funny because, Cole, I think in like episode, like part one of this coverage, you mentioned that like even though the tooltips are kind of annoying, like you appreciated them and the nature of the calls that you get as opposed to um, Metal Gear Solid because of how it's like yeah. how it 
doesn't break the action as much and then they do it so egregiously in this part that it's like yeah comedic. well i mean the thing the thing with like the tooltips is that it doesn't interrupt the flow of the game i i'm i'm mm-hmm. i'm very anti you stopping the game and forcing me to you know deal with something unless it's a cutscene, like a necessary cutscene that per, mm-hmm. you know that moves the story along everything that the codex were you know explaining could have been done as you know in the background while i'm still moving yeah just have them just keep talking yeah yeah um but yeah so so you you're kind of making this journey and this this is happening like as you are approaching lake knot and um again we're getting interrupted after you see this we're getting calls still at this point and as you approach lake knot guess what you see above lake knot city that's right. If you guess Supercell, you win the prize. Oh. It's another Supercell. Oh, yeah. And so we know what's probably about to happen when we get there. Um, and, of course, uh, the worst happens. As he gets close, you see another flashback, and Cliff's on the ground, and he's talking to uh, he's talking to uh, apparently BB. Um, and he says when he found out who's going to be a father, he was so scared of what it would mean um, and that he had to be there for BB and his mother no matter what. And um, he couldn't go off to get himself killed anymore, and he couldn't leave them all alone. And um, he said he had it all wrong and that being a father made him brave and not scared and that he apologized for it taking so long before it flashes to another scene of Cliff and he's telling BB not to make the same mistake and to be himself and to be free. And then um, John is in front of Cliff with these guards and he aims a gun at him and asks um, Cliff to hand BB over. And behind him is Bridget ordering John to shoot um and um, eventually he does. You hear a gunshot and then the scene fades to black. And then, yeah, we're about to jump into our next chapter. But before we do, I want to see if anybody has any final thoughts about uh, episode 10 before we move on to episode 11. That whole um, bit about the cutscene with Cliff was just real mm-hmm. heavy emotionally. It was. Um, and this is, I think, where the game is the strongest when it's playing on this relationship with Cliff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I game. agree. Yeah. Um, I also agree with what you guys were saying earlier. Like, I wish that the codex sequences had basically just been like, like the radio calls in Metal Gear Solid Five. Like, the action did not stop wow. while while you were going. Yeah, especially when it's like you're not doing anything specific except just walking. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just ch- chapter yeah. ten. I'm not a fan of. I'll, mm. I'll, I will. I'll give Kojima this. Um, you know, like I, I've been kind of just dunking on this game left and right here. <laughs> um, but what Kojima does really, really well is he writes. You know, for all the kind of goofy stuff that he writes into his games, he does do relationships in, between characters very well. I mean, it's yeah. in this chapter that you really do kind of feel for the actual characters in the game i'll I'll get more specific than that i say i think that he does familial relationships really well yes very yeah romantic ones not so much i don't think he's i i would i I can agree with that i mean he does uh as far as like romantic he does tension very well i mean i I think back to Mm. like metal gear solid 3 yeah, with him and Ethan. Yes, that's fan- yeah. that, doing that very well. And of course, he's, you know, kind of relying on a trope there, like kind of like espionage spy, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
uh, trope when it comes to you know seduction. Um, but when it comes to actually you know dealing with real issues and real face to face interactions, he does a fantastic job. And you know mm-hmm. that last scene that you talked about with Cliff talking to BB. That so okay. That was so heavy. one thing. I- one, what I will say here too is that that did like make me feel something pretty heavy. So I have a very like my my dad is like my best friend, and like I I have a really really good relationship with my dad, and like hearing that speech that Cliff Cliff said did just then like I I used to do a podcast back in the day, and it was kind of like a little experiment. Um, where I kind of like talked to a specific person about a specific word. And I did an episode um, that was about the word father with my dad. Like I recorded with my dad and like, like number one, I'm so glad I have that, like that moment. And that I have that, like, like talk that we had, like, like committed to like, I I remember that episode. That was a good episode. It was. And um, I, I, I talked to him and he said just about as much like he's he's very like he felt that like he he felt he didn't really know what kind of father he was going to be but he was going to try his best and he did and he has ever since and like it made me feel like it made me feel very like like wow like I felt like I, I felt like I wanted to call my dad like after I played that part and um yeah, it was, it was, it was, I will say everything that, everything that, everything up to this point, And I think even like through the end of the game that Kojima does with Cliff is fantastic. Yeah, no. And the other thing, just kind of foreshadowing the acting that we see in this chapter only gets better towards, mm-hmm. you know, going to the end of the game mm-hmm. i mean it's just- the story the story surrounding this and i think like if it was presented in a different way like i think we'd be talking a lot more positively about it because the story is 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 good yes and we talked we talked last week about how like we wish that there were like a lot of like lore details that were left out that we wish would have been included more directly in the story mm-hmm. but i think the the what chris said last week was that like the story for better or for worse, whether you like it or not, is about the relationships between the characters. And I think that story is really good. Yeah. And I think it continues to be good throughout the throughout the game, well, throughout the rest of this game. It, it kind of it, it reminds me of, I mean, not to keep banging this drum, um, but like when with people with me and Chris's uh, favorite show, it's like, uh, it's like, hey, uh, yes, you know, I really love I really, really love Twin Peaks. But if you show it to someone without giving them any kind of con context about it. It comes off as very odd and strange. Um, and, but you always just say, oh, if you can just get through like four episodes, it gets great mm. after that. Uh, and you're hooked. And I think it's the same kind of scenario with death strain. It's like, if you can just play for long enough to get these kind of really, really awesome moments, it's, it's, mm. it's a fantastic game. It's a fantastic story. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, it's got like it's similar to Twin Peaks, I think, in the sense that it gives you a lot of different mysteries in sure. the game to think about as you're playing through it, and that's part of the fun, right? It's like yeah, contemplating and discussing like what we do. 
the video game. Yeah, because you don't, I mean, even even at this point where the game is giving you all these answers that you think you wanted, you're still kind of in the dark. And it does a fantastic job of kind of balancing, you know, giving you yeah, um, giving you answers while also making you question more about things you didn't even question before. Mm-hmm. So for for the for all the parts of the story regarding Cliff, Kojima, Kojima dropped enough breadcrumbs along the way that it it always left me wanting more while feeling satisfied at what I just saw. Yeah, that's that's a fair that's a fair take. Mm-hmm. And I think it all pays off, and like we'll obviously we'll get to that like like later on. Yeah, it all I think it all pays off in in a in a good way. Yeah. So speaking of Cliff. Speaking of Cliff, episode 11. Someone QCCR right now. <laughs> See, I was, th- I was thinking paint it black. <laughs> there's a lot of things we could. There's a lot of things we could cue here. I'm going to cue more low roar because that's <laughs> the only thing I'm not scared we'll get stricken for. So here we go. With not a word to say. If you're still playing this, we can't play what me and Zach just said, but you should definitely be playing either like CCR or like Rolling Stones when paint you it, play through this. Paint it black or like something. Like Fortune itself. Play, yeah. or play the like Vietnam that. movie music. Yes. Yeah. A- yeah. A- any- Welcome to the jungle! <laughs> <laughs> is, that a, is that a Vietnam song? Oh, uh, no. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> no. For sure, yeah. Uh, Axel Rose was a huge anti-Vietnam War guy, actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just want to see the opening of Apocalypse Now, but instead of the end by the doors, <laughs> welcome it's to the just... jungle plastic. <laughs> it takes out a totally different, <laughs> totally different connotation with that song. Oh, oh man. Um, if you haven't guessed it, yeah, though, so, we're in Vietnam at this yeah, point. We're in Vietnam, like we predicted, we're in Vietnam. Um, and yeah, this is episode 11, Clifford Unger. Unger. So we had Unger, we had Clifford, now we have Clifford Unger. And um, again, the camera pans along the ground to the baby doll and tar fills up on the ground like before. And then a uh, chopper flies above and several skeletons rappelled down. Um, and then Cliff appears and he's wearing this mask that Die Hard Man and Bridget have been wearing and takes it off. And then he kind of like tells the bird to circle before he puts on his, uh, his goggles and uh, the title card pops up. Um, and then Sam wakes up in a dark, burning jungle, and now it's time to make your way through here. And oh my God, yeah, the atmosphere. It, yeah, from I mean, just from the stories I've heard from actual Vietnam vets, he fucking nailed it. Just like it's so chaotic, yeah. and like you never know, like everything's happening. There's it's dark. There's so many like noises going around. There's helicopters everywhere that you don't know if they're a problem or not. Like, it's... oh, I was just waiting to get fucking boofed in the face with a helicopter, like I did that biplane. <laughs> Dude, I was, one. I was expecting like, well, you kind of get it at some point, but I was, I was expecting like napalm to be like just dropped somewhere mm. near me. Yeah, if if Kojima ever wanted to make like a, a military action movie, this proves to me that he could do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Hell, he's, if you wanted to, he if like, you wanted to do like a Call of Duty style game, or like a Battlefield style game, like like oh, something like easily. Oh my god, that'd be that'd be crazy. 
Hideo Kojima presents Call of Duty. <laughs> I didn't actually play Call of Duty, Duty again. Actually. Hey, that, the newest one actually isn't too bad. Yeah. It's pretty good. I even picked up the newest one. It's pretty good. Yeah, I might give it a shot. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, it's very atmospheric, very, very dark, and you kind of... Um, you just kind of make your way along as best as you can. Well, it's just it's just um, like the World War One and World War Two sections. You gotta go around and pick up all your gear, and it sort of it sort of gives mm-hmm. you a vague, like get you know. I think what's what's this one? Just reach cliff or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Just be here. Yeah. Um, Anyone else have like and, a relatively difficult time with this level? No, just I just, like, much like the other two, I just, I spent a good bit just sort of walking wherever I could and looking around. I I mean, I, I did I did a little bit of that, but I also discovered something very, um, I guess, useful in this level after dying about four times. Whoa, okay. Yeah, but we can get to that whenever we get to, uh, well, Cliff, to Cliff, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Anything to getting to Cliff at least? Anything uh, troublesome for you? I really didn't have that difficult of a time. Just yeah. kind of a walk through the park. All right, Cole Duncan, Weenie Hut Junior over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big Weenie Hut Junior. <laughs> and I love how um, Chris but, just described Vietnam as a walk in the park. I'll <laughs> <laughs> light some masses on fire, won't it? Uh, <laughs> Headline: Chris yeah. Hampton says Vietnam was a walk in the I want, park. I want someone to Photoshop Chris into the into like a screenshot from Platoon. <laughs> Sleeveless, like cut off, cut off sleeves and a pack of Marlboros and everything. Just just tucked into his sleeve, tuck, tucked into his shirt. No, man, in his helmet band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just might as well put me in Hot Shots Part Two. Love that, Hell yeah. guys. If guys, Hell yeah. if you were in Vietnam, what would you have written across your helmet? Ooh. Mm. Aim here. Oh, oh, that's morbid as shit. <laughs> I mean, um, gallows humor, baby. It's the only way to, ma- to make it out. Oh, of course. Probably like, probably like, burn it down and build it up or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> What about what would you have? You feel like I feel like you've thought about this a lot. <laughs> no, it just because thinking about that. Um, no, I, I I don't know what I write. I just I'm a big fan of Charlie Sheen's from the movie Platoon, where he wrote he writes, uh, "When I die, bury me upside down so the world can kiss my ass." <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Chris? I do like that. Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably something like uh, "can't complain, nobody would listen." <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> Probably like uh, like um, uh, "how are you doing?" Oh, living the dream. Yeah, or <laughs> I, the dream. Ah, yes. Oh White people yes. speak for "I wish I was dead." <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever told? I need to really, that reminds. I need to tell the story about how. Um, so I walked up to. Um, this has been this is months ago now. I walked up to our IT director one time and um <laughs> uh 
walked up to him and I was like, hey, how's it going, man? And he goes, oh, you know, every day's a burden. And then he just kind of walked away. <laughs> uh, and that may have been, that may have honestly been my favorite I, human interaction I've ever had. I'm going to steal that immediately. Every day's a burden. Yeah, I know, every day's a burden. You have to say, yeah, you have to say it really cheery and then just every day's leave a without context. <laughs> um, anyway, so, one so yeah, day, so. One day closer to the end. Hello. One day closer to the end. Um, so yeah, so you walk through this area. It's a kind of a different change of pace from World War One, World War Two. It's dark, like you said. There's more explosions everywhere. It's very tense. Um, and you get to like this open part of the jungle, and Sam kind of gets a headache, and the Odenkirk starts freaking out, and um, it flashes to a baby doll on Cliff's barbed wire web. And as the web burns, Cliff and his skeletons rise from the tar, oh, I love this. and Cliff lights his magic cigarette. And he takes a couple drags and he tosses it, and the tar just lights well, on no, fire. No, he lights it. He lights it because there's. There's uh, ash and well, the like helicopters. Sparks. Yeah, there's like embers like in the air. Yeah. Oh yeah, so that's he right. Catches yeah. one with the end of his cigarette, mm-hmm. which was badass. <laughs> it was very badass. And there's like a helicopter above him and stuff like that. So he lights a cigarette and takes a few drags like he does and tosses it. And then the tar around them just lights on fire. And these guys are just walking forward in this fire, this lake of fire, and it's fucking. Buck you wild. I believe I caught a couple of screenshots of this. So buck. So buck. Yeah. So buck. Um, and yeah, so the jungle, uh, it's time to face the jungle, um, is a much wilder place to do this again. Yeah. And um, it adds um, kind of another layer to the mechanic that we've done before because, like, before there was, like, they were all of the enemies were very much clustered in one direction. And so you can deal with them and the Odenkirk's like helping you out here again. We kind of talked about it's very chaotic, like Vietnam, like Vietnam indeed was, um, they're all around you at all times. Mm-hmm. And the Odenkirk does not, cannot keep up. So you're getting like pegged from like behind you randomly while you're trying to deal with these dudes in front of you. And like, yeah. it's wild. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. Did anyone get like, Metal Gear Solid 3 vibes. Yes, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Very much so, um, yeah. Facing the self-esteem team, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love those videos. <laughs> so I have not I, thought I, about I, those in years. Thank you for that, Sam. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I realized something about these um, kind of combat encounters. Mm-hmm. Kojima is kind of... And Zach, you know, you can either, you know validate this or invalidate this um or tell you to fuck off because he will yeah i know he'll tell me to fuck off but like you know just i I might as well just try and throw it to him because like i said you've got more experience with this than i do it seems like to me kojima is kind of forcing you to fight the enemies in a similar way to how these wars were actually fought like mm. with with the first incident in, in you know trench warfare trench warfare and uh that we said that's in eastern europe so i'm assuming that's something like um like st petersburg so you know it's a mm-hmm. lot of like close like building to build building to street street to street combat mm-hmm. and then here in vietnam they give you a ton of like bushes which is what i used a lot to my advantage to kind of you know, sneak through and kind of do like guerrilla warfare, kind of like pick off a couple of guys at a time and then just run for a little bit. Mm. Well, Cole, <laughs> actually, go. actually, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I was thinking about that 
earlier and how I was going to segue. But yeah, you're you're 100 percent right because, um, you know, the World War One had had almost like a had a not like a cat and mouse feel, but almost more like a, <laughs> for for lack of a better term, like a peekaboo feel. Like, all right, let me fucking go and pop off a few shots and take cover back in my trench. Yeah. Um, World War. They II, also gave you. They also gave you shotguns in um in that in that area yeah, in because, the first one. Well, yeah, because you yeah. know, I mean, who doesn't want to be a, a German soldier in 1917 when a pissed off American jumps down and slam fires his fucking shotgun five yeah. times <laughs> to you and your Jesus. friends? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and then, but I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head with how how it uh, how it changed with each one, and it also built upon. All of them as well, because World War One had the very linear feel because you were in the trenches. World War Two gave you a little more, a little more freedom because it was yeah, it was that street combat, but you could go around a building, you go in a building, you could try to flank them, yada yada yada. And then in this one, you had that, but it was also used against you because you had you had all this foliage around you that you couldn't see through, but you know they could see mm-hmm. you and and uh, X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, Cole, that I do disagree with you is don't you don't use the bushes, man. That's only concealment. You gotta you gotta use those tree. You gotta use those trees. That's cover. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the trees. Yeah. When, uh, when you're in Vietnam, the, the trees start speaking skeleton Vietnamese. <laughs> <laughs> but and so there there was one other part here that because so, I this part gave me a shit ton of trouble. And it came in the fact that I was using hematic rounds on these cats. Mm, so uh, I was constantly losing blood. And I was like, Jesus Christ, uh, they're like they're going down, but like if I get caught twice, I'm done. So I ran into a similar thing and I had a couple hairy moments, but because I'm also obsessive in trying to prepare, on top of having my utility pouches completely full, I also carried about six or seven uh blood bags on me at any time and then yeah. uh like as soon as i was able to take cover and i'd equip another one to start a transfusion i would do an odokirk scan and as soon as i found another one uh once i had i think like 500 milliliters i forget what the what about the halfway point uh i would sprint yeah. and just as i was sprinting i'd hit triangle to pick that up and then i would just make my way to the next piece of cover to sort of always always have a a supply of blood bags. Yeah, I mean, like I tried, I tried to stay strapped when it came to blood bags. Um, I actually have like a weird, I have like a weird like mechanics question here. Yeah, Shouldn't up? the bullets and the grenades just be already made with his blood in them? Why are they draining his blood? I, I never. I agree. I, yeah. I agree. Um, fuck you. That's why. That's I assume. <laughs> <the answer>. Um, <laughs> with a lot of this game, that's the answer. Uh, but. The part that I realized after dying four times was, oh uh, damn! You don't you don't need hematic rounds to kill these dudes. Yeah, no. so yeah. yeah, you never have. I you well, have. I did because I I didn't put two and two together for some stupid reason, and then I just kept on getting just lit up and like my blood constantly being dri- like just depleted, and I was like, Jesus, what is going on now? And then I switched over to regular lethal rounds. I was like, oh. This is ten times easier. Oh my god! Way to go, Weenie Hut Junior. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> what about you, Mister Vietnam? Was a walk in the park, Chris Hampton? What do you got? What do you got for us? Chris just oh, called well, it an like, airstrike. He put in the Konami code and just <laughs> yeah, moved into the next. He used part. the game narc that we talked about earlier. Oh my god! Yeah. 
That would have been absolutely perfect if you could have put in the Konami code and just lit them yeah. up. And I just love what Sony's doing with these, these consoles now because they're so interactive, you know, like the light bar changes colors and like the PlayStation gets really fucking loud like a helicopter. <laughs> 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 yeah, the disc starts skipping to sound like the fucking helicopter blades. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, but yeah. So the fight itself, uh, no, I I kind of knew that the I didn't need hermetic rounds, but um, I really suck at the combat portions of this game. So mm. my my rig, my Sam rig, <laughs> is. Uh, <laughs> Why does that sound gross? Sam rig. <laughs> My Sam rig. What do you? What do you? Uh, what, what, what you hauling on that there Sam rig? There? <laughs> well, uh, their rig you got so there, breaker breaker. On the back of the backpack, I have uh, all pouches, and they're all filled with blood pouches. So mm. uh, I don't think we've ever talked about what Wait, you can put blood on. bags on the back of your on your. Uh, yeah, you can. You can put the utility pouches. Yeah. Yeah, um, what did you when you're when on, you're building them? What did had, you guys put on the back? Of the I had I had a spare. Battery. I had an extra battery, and then yeah, I had an extra battery, and then everything else was. Yeah, made. I did the same thing. I was there. Was there like another point where like you unlock utility yeah. pouches? Oh yeah, I, oh yeah. What yeah. a I, difference I put, that would have put, fucking made. I just put. Uh, <laughs> I, would, I just slapped two batteries on the back of that thing. <laughs> You're a battery boy. I was a battery boy. Okay. Big bad battery boy. Kept my, no, kept my, I, uh, I my, a, my, my skeletons boy. running. Big bad battery boy. Battery boy. I am battery man. Battery boy. Still winning Jr. <laughs> no, it was uh, Mr. Belchman. So. Yeah, I had tons of blood to share. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I needed it because I, I kept getting... I, did, I, didn't, I didn't die. I will say that. But I used okay. almost all of my blood supply during this fight. Mm. I got lit up a lot. <laughs> it, sounds like, yeah. it sounds like it sounds I love like that. Cole had the most realistic Vietnam experience out of the four. Yeah, I got, I got. Yeah, dropped. died multiple times and came back to life. Yeah, that's a realistic Vietnam experience. <laughs> All right, Sam, fucking sniping <laughs> me over here. I love Chris's Chris saying uh, I had a lot of blood to share. It's like those Coke bottles with the names on them. <laughs> share yeah. a blood bag with Stacy. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, that, that's what it's like in the online mode. When you get those the white figures that pop up and throw shit at you. Yeah, that's that's basically what that is. Yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I I also I I had I think because it was so like buck wild. Like I also didn't die, but it was very hairy. Um, yeah. like I, I got close a couple times and oh, I think yeah. that was, oh yeah, I got real close intentional. more than a few times. Yeah. Like to the point where like, so I think that was intentional. To, like, I don't know if you guys experienced this at all, but like I took aim because this is before I realized that I could just use the lethal rounds. So like I'd see a fucking skeleton about to round the fucking tree that I was hiding behind. So I'd take aim and go to shoot and it'd be like, you don't have enough blood to shoot. And I'd be like, ah, I have to run away. <laughs> that happened quite a few times to me. <laughs> Yeah, that's buck wild. <laughs> Why isn't my gun working? Um, yeah, the other thing too is that Cliff adds again, might like last time he adds a couple of new tactics in here too. Like he uses these like those weird tendrils to attack as well, and then when he retreats, he leaves like a burning trail behind Wait, him. He uses so, the tendrils to attack. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's what I was gonna say earlier when when I was like I was expecting napalm to come down. Mm. It kind of. I mean, 
personally, I've never seen napalm deployed. Believe it or not. Uh, it's not <laughs> legal. That was the believe it or not part there, genius. Way to go. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, wow. Wow, kings, kings, stop fighting. Yeah. Also, it. also uh, to add <laughs> in front of the kids. Fuck you, Cole. <laughs> uh, um, by the way, for listeners, yeah. I actually do like this guy. Uh, I can speak for yourself. Don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> but, Don't lie on this podcast. But it, 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 I think the implication was that this is kind of like the napalm, napalm, because he does throw it at you, and mm-hmm. it creates a giant like AOE. And out of that AOE, like his tendrils like come flying up, start like smacking every like every which way. How the fuck mm-hmm. have I missed so much of this stuff? I have no fucking From idea, this dude. To the You're fucking beyond the pale, BTs? man. I don't know how. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone's gonna pile on Cole because he took his time with the fucking game. But apparently, some of you people miss shit. Shit. Don't not don't fucking some of me. No, some no, of you no, people no, no. I, don't, right don't let me in because I saw all of this hey, shit. Why don't you yeah. shut the fuck up, weenie hunt war criminal. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Wow. Um, oh and the other thing <laughs> that Cliff does is that when you <laughs> when you knock him out and he disappears again, he kind of leaves a trail behind him, so you can kind of get an idea for the general direction that he goes in because the area is also very open and it's it's very easy to get like. Oh, I would have gotten lost um, as fuck if he had not left that uh, trail. Oh yeah, so it was very good. So I think that was a good ad there. But um, but yeah, so um, it's just it's beyond that. It's a normal one down Cliff enough times, and um, you get another cutscene, and um, Cliff kind of reaches out for Lou and starts whistling the BB's theme, um, and Lou kind of reacts to this, and Cliff uh, Cliff says that they're getting out of here, and uh, Sam kind of pulls Lou Lou away, and Cliff demands to give him back his baby. Um, and then Sam asks him, like, are you Clifford Unger? And Cliff starts crying. And um, uh, he asks who Sam is. And Sam asks if he's Lou's father. And Lou starts crying. And then Cliff uh, whistles a song again. And uh, Lou kind of calms down. Um, and uh, Cliff kind of addresses Sam and says, they told him that his name was Sam Porter. But um, he's really Sam Bridges. Um, and that he is uh, the bridge to the future. And... Uh, Cliff stands up and he tells Sam, he says, uh, you bring people together and that you're their bridge to the future. And then he holds up his dog tags, tells Sam to stand up. Um, and then, uh, Cliff puts his dog tags on Sam and, uh, Sam, uh, kind of hands Lou over to Cliff finally, but Cliff hands him back and kind of hugs Sam and the camera pans around and you see Cliff is now in his suit that he's wearing all these flashbacks instead of his uniform. Um, and then you hear this lar- this like really loud loud bang, and then Cliff kind of disappears, and then we get another flashback, and um, we see John uh, tell Cliff to take BB and get out of this place, and um, John says that if Bridget orders him to do something, that he has to do it, and there's a very big emphasis on he has to do it here, um, and but that he served under Cliff first, and that his family doesn't deserve any of what's happening. And Cliff kind of asks why John's risking himself to help. And John says because he saved his life again and again. And that with when the brass sent them into the jaws of hell, it was uh, Cliff that brought them home. And um, that's kind of the end of this this uh, episode. Yeah. Once again, uh, really, again good, really good character development between mm-hmm. um, Sam and Cliff. Mm-hmm. So I would love again, to uh, see... Oh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Oh, well, Sam was talking first, so... Sam. <laughs> oh no. I can't handle this pressure. Um 
Yeah, I, I was just gonna say again, it's like another like really phenomenal like cliff thing. So there was there was one little thing where uh, when when BB started freaking out the second time, and Cliff started whistling BB's theme, Sam actually took over it from him as well, and that's when Cliff sort of like looks up at him like surprised. Oh, I don't think I noticed that. Yeah. What was happening? Oh wow. That's a really good touch. I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, so we get this like this uh kind of cut to black again. We get the result screen, and then it's time for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Choo, 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 choo. <laughs> scream! 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 <laughs> Somebody scream! Keep it in mind. Decide. And we're walking. (laughs) (laughs) We're walking. We're walking. We're walking. That's the title of the fucking episode. (laughs) (laughs) And we're walking. I've been name. I've been naming them, and this is the title of the episode. I think. Um, Perfect. But yeah, so Sam wakes up in his room, and the lights are flickering, and he kind of walks up to Lou's pod, and it says "connection lost" on it, and Sam kind of sees Cliff's dog tags nearby, and. Dead man appears in the room and asks if Sam's okay, and um, he said he went to the supercell and came out near Port Knot City um, and was brought inside by Victor, who, if you remember Victor, he is the Port Knot City guy whose brother is Igor, who, if you remember Igor, was the gentleman at the beginning that died very violently. <laughs> big time bad way. Self-stabbing. Yeah, big time self-stabbing, big time bad way. Gave us be, gave us Lou to begin with. Um, um, and then Sam... Um, Mentions that Cliff might be Lou's father and Deadman says that's impossible because he'd be too old. But Sam kind of interrupts and says that Cliff gave him the dog tags and that he might be trying to tell them something about how BBs are made. Um, and then Deadman says that he has a recording from Die Hard Man. Um, uh, he says he said it was labeled if I don't come back um, and uh, plays the message for Sam. It's this hologram of Die Hard Man talking. He says, look, this is insurance if something happens and that it's for Bridges eyes only. Um, and then he said that he got a present from Amelie and that she'd take him to the beach if he wanted. And he holds up uh, a baby doll um, that has those like scars on its stomach and um, not quite as like, it's still disturbing, but in a different way. Cause it doesn't have like the nails and stuff, but it's still creepy as shit. Um, uh, but yeah, so uh, Die Hard Man kind of recognizes this as a trap um, that he decided to play along and says that everybody has been playing along too. And he says that uh, the mask hides more than his face and then he takes it off briefly and puts it back on. Um, and he says that Amelie is a blank slate too with no record she ever even existed and says he's never met Amelie in person, which is a theme that we kind of picked up on mm-hmm. in recent weeks that nobody's actually ever seemed to meet Amelie in person. It's always um, through like Kyle Graham or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he kind of tells a story about how the original Bridges 1 group was divided into two groups that Amelie was with the first group and Mama and Hartman were with the second and that they never had any direct contact with her. Um, and then says that Amelie's group was wiped out in Edgenot, everybody except for her. And Sam claims that it's bullshit and that they've touched, but Deadman chimes in and he says, look, you've only ever, I've only interacted with her via hologram. 
um, and says, you've only met her in person on the beach when you were little. Um, or Sam says, I met her on the beach when I was, when I met her in person when I was little, but that man says it was on the beach. So have you really met her? Um, and then they resume the, the conversation with Die Hard Man and says that, um, um, said that Bridget, uh, had some things to say to him about Amelie and said that she was born on the beach, um, that her ka remained there, but her ha came to this world and the division of her body and soul made her have to spend most of her childhood in the hospital, um, and that she had poor health, but her dooms numbers were off the charts and her kind of supernatural talents grew as she became older and she kind of overcame those limitations. And by the time she was 20, she could travel to the beach body and all and chose to spend all of her time there. Um, and that you would have to get in touch with her by hologram. Um, and the president Bridget kind of insisted on that fact. And, um, Die Hardman says he swore an oath to the president, um, and America. And he believed Bridget when she told him, but, when archives kind of became available to him, he tested out his privileges and found out that Bridget could not have kids because she was diagnosed with uterine cancer in her 20s and that there's no way for Amelie to be her biological daughter. Um, and then starts questioning if Amelie is real and how they could know Amelie's an EE if they don't even know if Amelie is Amelie. Um, and says that even the EE theory might be bullshit, but that if she's actually the cause of death stranding, that he has to accept her invitation to the beach. Um, and that he took the gun and he loaded it with hematic rounds um, that have Sam's blood in them, which is what connects him to her um, and then him to all of them, um, which is how he gets to the beach. Um, and he then goes, look, I am just a man with no powers. I don't have any dooms. I can't repatriate. I can't. I don't know anything about dying and that every single battlefield he was on was hell, but that he never died no matter how bad it got because all he did was run from death. And then he says he has to go because she's calling for him and that Bridges and says for Bridges to not let him down. And then we get the title card for episode 12 Bridges. Um, and then that he then dead man says that he jumped once he finished the recording. And so um, Sam kind of recaps what happened on the beach and tells him that Amelie was there and got him out. Um, and uh, dead man says that he couldn't believe he didn't see it sooner that it was Amelie who and then the power cuts out. And he can't finish his sentence, but then he comes back and this is the chiral network dropped and this is setting up the bullshit of this chapter. Yeah, this record. is the part that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the chiral network drops and then it won't be long before it becomes unstable. And um, Sam kind of asks if what they did was for nothing. And Deadman says um, he's got to finish what he what he's saying. Um, and then Fragile pops in and says that she'll tell him. And she says that she had a chat with Higgs on the beach and Higgs told her that Amelie was actually the terrorist leader. And Sam's like, nah, dude. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And Fragile's like, look, it makes sense. And, you know, Higgs turned on me after we met, uh, after he met Amelie. Um, and at first he just kind of wanted to expand the reach of his, like, group. But then Amelie shows up with the power to control BTs. And then he loses it and goes with her. And um, the Amelie gave Higgs and the demons their power. Um and so uh, Sam kind of asks if he has an answer for why Bridget was there too. And she kind of says, like, look, I know it's a lot to swallow, but um, but Higgs, Higgs said that Amelie's an EE. Um, and she mentions that she looked in Higgs's BB pod and that what was in there was not a BB, but one of the baby dolls. Um, and the idea was that Bridges was following the terrorists lead with the BBs was garbage. So this whole idea that the terrorists started using BBs to, like, drive bts towards the bridges one convoy was mm -hmm. bullshit and that they were following the lead of bridges in the first place um 
and that the dolls link them to Amelie and their beach. So, holy shit. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. This is the, this is the Metal Gear Solid here. 2, like, kernel popping in moment. Like, yeah. End, like, this whole, like, big what moment. Yeah. Did you say nerd? <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, Mario and Princess Beach? <laughs> but let's go to the beach each? Oh, God. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so there, yeah. there is um, a lot happening. I was definitely expecting a pull the rug out from under you moment in this game, but mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to happen right here. No. Yeah, and I didn't expect it to be this buck wild either. Uh, it was more like a No, I thought it'd be a lot more subtle. This like changed the whole plot. Yeah, it did. Um, also, I yeah, felt so bad kind of... for Die Hardman for the first time. Same. Yeah, no. for real. Like, I was like, that... I was totally ready to write him off after the whole beat scene, and then this play, I was like, oh wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because the decent he... guy. Yeah, well, decent guy, maybe. I don't think we really, like, the thing of it is, like, is he a decent guy or is he, like, a guy that just kind of got caught up in a lot of bullshit? Yeah. Um, and and it's kind of something we think about, like, later on in the game, too, where it's just like, is this guy good or is he kind of, like, an asshole or, like, what's what's happening here? But I think this is the first time where you're like, oh, wow, I have a little, I have some sympathy for I have for some guy. kind of empathy for Die Hardman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even and even and like to kind of tie into it, like it just in just like right after this revelation comes up, Dead Man kind of like realizes that like Cliff had the dolls too, and that Cliff and Higgs and the director they were all being controlled by seemingly Amelie, and um, he kind of asks like, is the EE Bridget or is it Amelie? And Fraddle's like, look, our answers are on the bre- on the beach. And um, they express how much he needs to find her and for Sam to hurry back east. And uh, Dead Man's like, look, you're the next mission. Um, uh, or he's like, he's like, you're, you need to bring a thing of crypto bites to from Port Not City to Capital Not City because Fraddle's going to fucking die. And we got to we need her to do this. Um, and again, we're walking and we're walking and we're struggling because again like Cole brought up earlier um, in this chapter the chiral network is so unstable that you are no you're not able to create things using the chiral printers the network's down everything fucking sucks it's, oh my it's God. raining <laughs> torrentially there's BTs mm-hmm. everywhere and there's terrorist camps everywhere BTs yeah and there's rain and I got it's a fun time counter- your catcher encounters that don't even need to get triggered the regular way. And I had the best one. <laughs> yeah, I got, I want to hear. So, so <laughs> it's just such, it's just like, it's just a real kick in the dick. It really like it's, is, dude. Um, there's like a valley that you go through that's filled with the fucking tentacle balloons. Like there's beaches that's, everywhere. That's the crevice from when you first. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And but You're right, but those is. ones were weird, and this is where I had a couple close calls because they're black when when they're in the sky, but they're brown when they're on the ground. So they look they, they fucking like camouflage in. themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got my fucking shit ripped when I was going through them, man. <laughs> like I was good enough at avoiding them in Edge Knot, but like here they're like virtually impossible to get through without like getting blown up at least once. I didn't have a hard time getting through them here. I had a really tough time with them in Edge Knot. Like here, I somehow or another just managed to like serpentine my way through. Well, so I, I, I 
have the same thing because I have like 16 fucking assault rifles on me at this point. Um, it's only a slight exaggeration. But, stay strapped, stay strapped. But unlike the ones at X now where you just shoot them once and they would pop, these ones you put three rounds into them and then they would fucking split. And there were some yeah. that they would split multiple yeah. times. Yeah, it's fucking jellyfish fields forever, dude. Jellyfish, jellyfish fields yeah. forever. Yeah, Sam, can uh, you cue SpongeBob saying, let's go jellyfishing here? <laughs> <laughs> I sure will, Chris. Let's do it. The one surefire thing to make your best day ever the best day ever. Jellyfishing, 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 was just because, so I didn't realize that the chiral network was down, down. I thought it was just like, all right, whatever. In an earlier so, round? Um, and I or... was like, I just need to get through this as quick as possible. So I fucking, I left my two carriers worth of additional shit behind. To spread oh, through. no. Um, to include all of my goddamn container repair sprays. I mm. found one along the way. So it became much like the how Chapter Ten was a mad a mad lad dash from fucking generator to generator. This one was a mad lad dash from fucking timefall shelter to timefall shelter. Uh, because yeah. so because I don't know if we've discussed this, but if you go under a timefall shelter, it actually has a container repair spray built into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which fantastic. Mechanic there, yeah, and yeah. definitely fucking saved my hide during this section. Because if not, that that package would have been gone, man. Oh yeah, I got a really really fun story to tell about my package when we get about my package. Oh yeah, when we get tell me about uh, your when package. We get there. <laughs> yeah, well, all day. Um, boys, first boys. things first. I'm really I'm really can we? Uh, I'm really sad that nobody really uh, cleaned on to my early 2000s pop punk reference back there, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> can we talk? Can we talk? Can we talk? Uh, beat uh, BT uh, encounters here. Oh, there's so many. So like the fact that this fucking chiral network is down and like this torrentially downpouring like time fall and there's, everything's fucking wrong. Um, like to the point where like normally you go through BT fields and you get those little floaty bastards and then if you run afoul they grab you and they pull you under and they drag you to an encounter with a catcher, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this fucking journey, they're just ignoring that part and throwing you right into battles yep. with catches. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. Cole, you <laughs> have a really, really fun story about this. Yeah, I, do. I would love to hear it. I do. So I was plotting my course, right? Mm-hmm. And I remembered that there's a huge like swath of BTs on the, I think, western side of the mountain outside of Capital Knot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, well, I've already had to deal with one of those like squid BTs. I'm definitely not dealing with that again. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to use my big, uh, galaxy brain and, uh, <laughs> I'm going to plot a course <laughs> to the east up through the mountain to go and like cross over near the incinerator. Cause BTs are already gone from there. And if there are BTs, there can't be that many because there weren't the last time. 
and I was like, Duncan, you're, you did it again. You're, 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 you're a genius. Don't just, fucking Duncan did it again. And I'm just, he did just, it again. I'm just, damn, Duncan. I'm just breaking my arm, patting myself on the back. Uh, <laughs> and I get up to the incinerator. No BTs. I was like, hell yeah. Look at me. I did something good. And then the ink showed up, and I was like, okay, well, you know, I expected this. It's just gonna be nothing and yeah, then one of those that's the that's the thing about it is that like not even like you get an odenkirk flash and then the ink shows up sometimes the ink will just show just, up and the odenkirk doesn't even just shows up, doesn't even ping you uh odenkirk yeah. goes straight immediately to cross like cross into orange and i was like okay what do we got and one of the eldritch butthole dogs shows up and i was like oh it's just one of them i can get through this and then i look over to my right and there's another one i was like okay well i mean i had to deal with this in the mountain and then that one split in two and turned into there was now three. I was like, okay, that's brand new. And I looked back at the other one, and then he did the exact same thing. So now, if you're keeping score at home, there are four. Um, mm-hmm. And then another one, <laughs> another one pops up from behind the four of them. So I have five, <laughs> count them five, Eldritch Butthole Dogs. Eldritch butthole nice. waiting to Sorry, just rip me, uh, uh, uh. rip me a new one. Jesus, I only um, I only encountered two yeah, in my yikes. journey, and I just fucking hopped away from them. I am a yeah, I just fucking hoofed it away. I only, I thankfully only, I ran across. So I did actually get dragged down once, um, and ran away from that one. And then I came across the thing where it was just like, oh hey, the Odenkirk's not gonna go off. And also, you're just dealing with this now. And it was an Eldritch Butthole Dog, but I ran away from him and didn't really have to deal with them because I like to run away from these things. Well, like, the thing was, uh, you know, I, I think, A, it was Kojima being like, hey, bitch, I heard what you said. Uh, <laughs> he, heard, he heard you was talking shit, yo. Yeah, he heard, it, he heard I was just talking mad shit and decided to punish me. Um, mm-hmm. But the thing about this encounter is that it wasn't crazy difficult because none of them hit me. <laughs> they mm-hmm. just like they were just standing there menacingly <laughs> and just kind of <laughs> running around me. Sam and they got it. <laughs> Sam, cute fucking Patrick, they're just standing there menacingly. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I, I was thinking of that too. <laughs> Hold on, here we go. <laughs> At the intersection of Conch and Coral. That's where I am. He's right on top of me, but I can't see him. What's he doing? Uh, he's just standing there. Menacingly! Get out of there, SpongeBob! Yeah. That's what I did. That's what I did. Wee woo! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm up by the incinerator and I just start like a mad dash. Like, around them and they're just kind of jumping in front of me and then diving and then another one would jump up and like slam behind me and just freaked me out a lot and i finally got you know through it and hated this game for doing that to me (laughs) jesus and i just ran because i only had like maybe i don't know two minutes left on my batteries so yeah yeah that's what i did Fucking story. <laughs> Thanks for Chris sharing. Do here. Thanks, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Cole. 
I'm gonna yeah. sit down now. Um, <laughs> well, I, I feel like I kind of had a similar experience to you, Sam. I just the the whole time I was booking it back, I was just taking the established routes mm-hmm. that I built up before. Like I had all the roads built up, so that made that part of the game pretty easy. Mm. Um, and this part of the game, you know, all those guys that were telling you to like get through chapter two as quickly as possible and get to chapter three. Mm-hmm. I did not read into any of that before I played this game. And I spent so much time in chapter two that I had all these like bridges and things built up, uh, mm-hmm. and the paths were really well developed. So, uh, terrain didn't give me a huge problem here. It was just watching out for like the BTs and like, uh, well, so I, I remember, so Deadman kind of mentions, cause, cause again, you, I think, I think it's very clear that you had like the best infrastructure in this game out of all, all four of us. Oh, yeah. Um, Deadman kind of mentions before you set off that the, the, the nature of the timefall has degraded like those structures a lot. Did that come through at all in your playthrough? Oh yeah. Like huge chunks of road were missing. Um, but it was never like terribly inconvenient you know well i'm glad someone <laughs> i just fun in this i part. just got the mental image of like chris strolling along with an umbrella and he looks down and he just sees like the three of us <laughs> getting wrestling <laughs> it's it's good to have money having a wonderful time sam cue it here That's what three SpongeBob references in as many minutes. Yep. <laughs> um, Hi, welcome to Metal Gear Mondays, uh, a SpongeBob fan podcast. Christ. Welcome to Bikini Bottom Mondays. Welcome to Weenie Hut Junior Mondays. <laughs> um, Zach, do you have any? Do you have anything that you would like to add to the to what we have already discussed? Because I feel like your feelings on this are very. Uh, have been very well documented so uh, far, but no, I think I think my biggest gripe is what's coming up next. It sure is. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so all this shit is happening, and you're just like, I just need to get to this fucking this time fall. I just need to get to this fucking city. Oh my god! Oh my you god. get to Portnot, and here's a cutscene. Tar fills the area, and one of those giant whale BTs pops out of the ground, and you ha- ha- have to fight it. There is no escape. This oh, yeah. happens it puts right those, like, after the butthole dogs for me. I want you to understand mm-hmm. how demoralized I was at this point. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I feel bad for you, Cole. So when, when uh. this thing appeared and it finally fucking let you take control again, I paused the game. I put the controller down. My head went into my hands, and I said out loud... Kojima, you really know how to make something not fun. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I felt so beaten. Because like I said, I didn't have any container repair spray. Uh, There were no generators, so I couldn't charge my fucking skeleton. So once that ran out about halfway through, that was it. And just like, it it was just, like like you guys said, it was just like a big old kick kick in the balls after getting fucking dragged heels first through a through a field of Tabasco sauce and broken glass. Tabasco sauce and broken glass. Oh I mean, that's... I think it's so most, dramatic. But it's the most accurate. Yeah, don't don't kink shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
but yeah, we're uh, yeah, we get we have to fight this giant whale thing, and again, you have to fight it. There's no escape. It has those like um, oh, those blue no. barriers around the field, like when you were fighting the giant BT in Higgs's chapter. Um, and you have to fucking fight this. So you're kind of walking along buildings. I was so fucking annoyed. Like you walk all the way across this fucking map, and then this is the block they want to put in front of you. And it- and the problem that I had with it was that like. It wasn't like it obviously it busted out of the ground at like places, but like it always like no matter what would only ever bust out of the ground when I was on the ground and it would come directly underneath me. Yep. And so it would always knock all of my stuff off like it would damage my shit and like it was straightforward enough, but I was just mentally exhausted. Oh, and I was not I happy about being forced to deal with it. Shouts out to literally everyone who's like NPC through me, like multi uh, rocket uh, like yeah. rocket launchers. Milk. Y'all are the real ones, and you're the only reason why I was able to beat this game. Milk boys mm-hmm. represent. Yeah, milk boys. And then milk got boys. the fucking yeah. caramel boys who were also a pain in the ass. Oh yeah! Oh so my god, I forgot about them. I died in the middle of this battle because of those guys. Because like this fucker, like shoots them at you like a gun yeah and like if you're not johnny on the spot with the mashing they will get you yeah oh you see i would just if they started coming because so if they don't get you right off the bat when they shoots at shoots it at you you can see them coming so i'd like lay into the whale a bit then i turn around and switch to an assault rifle and you can just shoot these guys with the hematic rounds they just disappear well, see, that's the thing is about is like the one time that they ever like gave me trouble was the time when they, they like they shot directly at my fucking nuts. Like it was just like they were right the fuck there and I just couldn't I couldn't and they dragged me under and I died. And so I had to. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just had to repatriate and come back and just fucking slog through it. again. Like the fight isn't. I think this fight is easier than the giant BT and Edge Knot. Yeah, because it's super simple. Yeah. It's just it's like it's a so, tank. Well, this and, thing uh, is a bullet. And also because sure. you're so beaten down by the journey, except for Chris, who mm-hmm. apparently you know just strolled along the road, tiptoeing through the fucking two, walk in the park. This part of the game and Vietnam. Chris yeah. Hampton, 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I, I, I don't want to you misunderstand me thinking that like I think the game is simple and easy. No, it no, no, no. It's We're certainly challenging, but uh, I never, I didn't have anything that was like out of the ordinary challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, because again, the the challenge in this battle is time, right? Yeah. Because again, like like we like we all just mentioned, it's a bullet sponge. It takes forever to kill, and if you're not like very careful, like it will fuck well, you ad, up. As yeah. an like, added yeah. as an added layer of fucking stress on top of the the fucking bunt cake of stress that this already was. Uh, my fucking crypto bio container was at ninety eight percent container damage. Oh my god! Yeah, mine was too. I was at the exact same place. I have a fucking story to tell about that. Really? Um, when we're yeah, when we're done with this, yeah, when we're done talking about the battle. Because I didn't, like I said, it was it was a mad dash to the fucking to uh, to whatever uh, timefall shelters had survived up to this point. To use their spray, mm-hmm. and th- those things will bring it back to one hundred percent. But that was, that was like the I think the last one that I encountered was right after the BT field, on the west side of the mountain, and after that it was just mm-hmm. a straight, just dead sprint to Capital Knot, mm-hmm. and that's why, and, and that's why yeah. it was you know for me it's like fuck, I'm almost there, 
you know, my own version of the fucking slow motion beach run was happening because I'm almost there. And then all of a sudden, here comes the whale. <laughs> My my problem my problem was that like I think the path that I took only had one time fall shelter on it. I had no time and, fall shelters. Oh wow, yeah, no, yeah, my shit was beat the fuck up, and then like already by the time I get there, and then because I got fucking assaulted by this whale so much, it was at ninety eight. It was about ninety eight percent when I beat when I finished the battle. I think um, mine, I think I delivered mine with sixty percent damage. I don't remember what the actual damage was, but I just remember the container, the container damage being at ninety eight percent. Yeah. Yeah, same with ninety eight percent container damage, which I guess doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> for the story I'm about to tell. Yeah. You guys are gonna like that. Um yeah, and like I think I think my big problem with it too is that like the reason why it kept on fucking acing me so much was because again, if you stay on the buildings, you're the the buildings, you're relatively safe. <laughs> you're gonna and, stay on the um, buildings, Billy. Uh, <laughs> and um you're relatively safe. Uh but all of the milk boys are on the ground, and so you have to get off the building to go collect any supplies. You don't actually. No. How do you? How did you circumvent this? Because I could not. I stayed on a building, but my building was relatively. It wasn't super tall, but it wasn't. It was. It was high enough to the ground that I didn't have to deal with too many of the caramel boys. Mm. Like I could see them, and I just you know take pot shots at them. But I could like boys. look over the side to see like a milk boy, and I'd hit like the "Hey, I need some help," and then they would just yeet like grenade launchers oh, up to me. Oh man, I that would have made my life a whole fucking hell yeah. of a lot easier so I just, if I would I have just, thought about that. I just stayed on a building. Oh, that's really neat. One I didn't even think of using the call for help button. That's yeah, what I well, did. Yeah. The thing is, is if you use, I, I've, and we'll talk about this more, I'd say probably in the next episode. Uh, but for anyone who is currently playing the game and, or is going, you know, like Chris, you're going through your second playthrough, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, hit the call button a lot. There's a lot of dialogue that you don't, you know, just get. Like the, the game just doesn't give you. Yeah. Um, because like he'll, he would like look over the edge and be like, hey, man, I really need some help. And then this dude would like pop up and throw you something. Oh. Well, fuck me. How great would it be if, like, you had, like, a one in, like, 1,000 chance where they throw it at you and it just fucking beans you right in the face and knocks you over? (laughs) But, I mean, that's that's, that's honestly how I beat it, just because they would, I would, I'd scream for help and then they would throw me, Mm -hmm. I had, like, literally three in a row, the multi-rocket, like, multi-rocket rocket launcher. Nice. Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like this, this boss fight was built around that whole ability to call for help. Yeah, I agree. Because yeah. I couldn't imagine having to do it without that. Well, it was, it was so I never, because I never hit the the call for help button. But much like the, the giant BT fight, these the milk boys would just pop up randomly. Yeah, that's that's why I didn't use it because they were already they were just popping up when like to pop up, and so I was like, oh, they're already helping. I'll just deal with this. I just got the idea because like you know I saw them pop up and I was like, I wonder, and it and it mm. worked. So, but then the one time I did hit it, a hmm. little Kermit popped up. Went, "Good luck, Billy." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so yeah, that the again, so even even with that though, like it's it's still so exhausting, and I think mm-hmm. it'd be less of a less of a 
exhaustion and chore if it was if he didn't have so much fucking health. Yeah, I mean, he just—it's like what Chris said. He's a bullet sponge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. he looked like uh, the boss fight kind of reminded me of those fish in Breath of the Wild in the desert. Oh yeah, yeah, or the um, not the fish—they're—they're they're like the seals, right? Uh, or like the, the walrus looking bre- things. You ride on those things. I'm talking about the uh, the big fish that you have to throw bombs in the mouth of. Oh yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the the way the fish would like jump up out of the ground. Yeah, in that way. You know what this boss fight made me feel like? It made me want to go. It made me want to go and play Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. I was just about to say oh, yeah, it was yeah. very Shadow of the Colossus, but like without the charm of Shadow of the without, Colossus, without the sweeping yeah, you know, music that actually made you want to keep going. Yeah, the, the mm-hmm. genocidal charm of Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. Also, I just, I just it's, want to it's, say it's, that for anyone who hasn't played Shadow of the Colossus, it's a game that's been out for over a decade. You should have already played it by now. Well, I think it's been mm-hmm. out a lot yeah. longer than that. With multiple re-releases. Anyway, um, yeah, so my story is that after I killed this thing, so of course my container was 98% damage. Um, after Whale was down, you know how like if Sam gets really exhausted, he'll kind of like stumble mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. He did this, right? Except he actually fell over onto his back, breaking the oh, container. No. Oh my God. Giving me a game over. No. Because it was an essential 100%. I got a game over because he fell and broke the container <laughs> the full way. Oh and, uh, and, um, oh my and, God. Yeah, I, I, I quit. was livid. I would be going I was livid. to GameStop to buy a new controller. I, uh, I legitimately, I, like, it happened. And I'm not kidding. I sat there and I sat in my room looking at my TV in silence for five fucking minutes i was so pissed and uh i i turned it off i was just like i can't fucking look at this game right now i cannot look at it i cannot sam i think at that moment it was about this before i think you texted me like right after it happened yeah i said i was gonna save it for the show because it's such like a fucking buck wild story i turned that game off and i did not play it again for like another like three days because i was so fucking pissed (laughs) I was so fucking mad. That is and thankfully, terrible. And thankfully, when I picked it back up again, I hit resume. It was right after the fight with the whale, but it was and it was still at 98%. So I was like, fuck it. It's okay. I get I get to uh I get to Port Knot. You have to take this now. You're right outside of Port Knot and you have to take it. I get there, right? And um I'm uh I get a phone call from uh from a friend of mine and we're talking for a second and I forget to pause the game. He stumbles again and breaks it again (laughs) inside of of the distribution center. I wasn't as mad that time because I knew it would have been okay. And it, and it picked me up right, right at the fucking terminal inside of port knot. But like it happened twice to me, (laughs) but the first time I was like madder and fucking, I could have killed somebody. I really could have. I could have. I could have. If Hideo Kojima had been in my room with me at that moment, I would have punched him in the fucking face. <laughs> I've definitely felt that before. Well, Ugh. so did you Final guys, Fantasy yeah. ten? You guys remember the mission where you have to hand carry the fucking chiral hourglass all the way to 
what's her name? Mm-hmm. So I guess that mm-hmm. mission is, or that object is so fragile that say you put it down and it just falls over, it'll break and that'll be the end of that mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, you said you said you had that feeling with Final Fantasy. Yeah, Final Fantasy X. The end. Ooh, t- the tell me about it. Part where you have to ram your, the ship into sin. Oh right yeah, because it it was also kind of like a bullet sponge type scenario. He had a big old chunk and health bar, and I wasn't very mm-hmm. good at RPGs back then, so I went in woefully unprepared and ended up getting myself stuck. Because you can't like back out of this fight at this safe mm-hmm. point, so I just couldn't beat the game, and I quit. Wow. Yeah. Have you beaten it since? Like, have you ever? Uh, no. Sounds like huh. me as a kid yeah. against the spider boss in Metroid Fusion. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit more about Metroid Fusion, Zach? Oh my god. No, don't. No, 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 no please oh, don't. Um, is, anyway. What uh, thing would that be, Sam? This is a Death Stranding podcast. <laughs> I, I think, that, I don't think I, <laughs> I was on the Patriot Club. <laughs> that joke doesn't make any sense to anyone who doesn't listen to the Patriot Club. <laughs> oh, that's oh, right. That was the Patriot Club, Club one. <laughs> Join join the Patreon. Get get to the Discord. Patreon. Get to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Metal Gear Mondays. Yeah, Yeah. we're here. Do it, Billy. Let's go. (laughs) But yeah, so you, again, so you take it to Portnot and um, uh, you can't turn. I thought you had to turn in the the mission at Portnot. Um, I did not realize you had to walk it directly to the hospital building. So if you remember at the beginning of the game, when you were instructed to take these, uh, these, the morphine. What was it? It was a uh, morphine, morphine to the hospital where Bridget was. Um, you have to go to the same place and take these cryptobites to oh, Fragile in that me. building. Sam, Sam that, um, that gives me such a warm and fuzzy because I did the same thing. I went to the distribution center and I was like, "Why can't it?" Mm-hmm. Oh, and I was like, "Well, it's a good thing no one else is around to know what I just did." <laughs> Yeah, you have to because I took it there and I was like, what the fuck? And I looked at the map and I was like, oh, fuck, I have to walk it over here. OK. And then I did. And it was fine. Um, but yeah, you get there and Sam gets in and you he discovers like through people that are talking around that Fragile is in a coma. But that if she gets some cryptobites, everything should be OK. And uh, that is where we're going to leave it for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Um that was uh, yeah, a lot of like really fucking buckwild shit. A lot, a lot of walking. A lot of, yeah. a lot of walking. Um and yeah, next week, if you can believe it, we're gonna fucking wrap up the game. We're gonna talk episode thirteen and fourteen and we're gonna call it uh call it some coverage. Oh yeah, baby. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So with uh with that in mind, we're gonna kinda we're gonna we're gonna send us away for the week and uh, thank you guys for joining us. We have some bookkeeping stuff to talk about again. Um, we mentioned last week that we are going to be doing an outer op about Death Stranding. Um, we are going to be uh, recording it on the 16th of December, um, which means that we need your responses by end of day, December 15th. That's send a Sunday. Them in, send them Sunday, in. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Send them in, send them in, send them in, send them in. 
Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, we want to hear what you guys think of Death Stranding, like all of it. We, what you thought about the mechanics, the story, what you expected versus what you got, what you got versus what you like. Ed, like any thoughts you have on Death Stranding, we want to hear them. You can it's um, gonna be like email a us at contact and long episode. <laughs> yeah, probably gonna be the long, probably the longest one that we do for this. <laughs> no, even if it is, we want to hear fucking everything, and we're gonna do it. So. Uh, email us uh, contact at metalgearmondays.com or you can go to metalgearmondays.com slash contact we have a form there um, you can fill out and that'll get to us um, so check all of that out please send your stuff in we would love to hear from you um, you can like I said you can go to metalgearmondays.com that's where literally everything we, we have is uh, Facebook slash metalgearmondays Twitter at metalgearmonday uh, Instagram metalgearmondays um uh fucking all the social media you can find us on apple podcasts and iHeartRadio and spotify and all the other podcast apps please head to those places if they let you review podcasts review us uh leave us a leave us a line and uh help us out there we would love to hear those and hear yeah. from you guys um so so peep that um you can go to Patreon, like we mentioned earlier, patreon.com slash Metal Gear Mondays. As little as a dollar is going to get you into our uh, our private Discord where listeners just like you come and talk about stuff that's Metal Gear, that's Death Stranding, that's fucking TV shows, that's fucking movies, that's fucking... We got pictures of dogs. What more do you people want? We got pictures of dogs, my dude. Oh like, my what God. are you doing? We're sharing we memes it. and dog photos. Come on now. We got sick yeah. deals. Yeah, we got yeah, we, sick we did deals. Order, we did just get some sick deals in there for uh, right in time for the holidays. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. if you're not in there, a dollar, man. And then I mentioned earlier we have a special podcast on uh, for patrons called the Patriot Club. It's a completely separate podcast um, that we just talk about. We do talk about like Metal Gear and Death Stranding, like Kojima stuff sometimes, but it's really just a fucking free for all where yeah. we just talk about whatever the a fuck. A little bit more fast and loose than this one. Yeah, a little bit more fast, a little bit more loose. Yeah, a little bit more fast, a little bit more loose. It's a little bit more bite sized comparatively. It's only it's typically only around an hour long, um, and it's a it's a fun little show. Uh, We enjoy doing it, and we enjoy it. So check that out. And then we've also got a bunch of other perks um, at various tiers that you can take a look at. We just kind of restructured our tiers a little bit recently, so uh, take a look at those and see what uh, see what you like, and uh, uh, come on in. Um, Take your shoes off. Stay a while. Speaking of uh, gifts, we'll be doing something a little special, won't we? We are. The other thing that we're going to be doing on our outer op that we're going to that we're going to talk about is uh, we usually have um, have topics. Which another thing is that um, we're going to be putting a post on our Patreon uh, to gather um, to gather uh, topic ideas, like topic ideas that you want us to discuss on the outer op. So we're gonna we're gonna look at those. as well but one of the things that we will be doing on the outer op is a little gift exchange we drew random names uh for our gift exchange um and we're each going to open the presents that we got each other on air and yeah maybe if if uh whoever had zach's uh zach's uh thing can get it to Moonbase alpha in time but uh <laughs> mm, yeah hopefully we'll see the uh the, the processing the processing over at Moonbase alpha is a little, yeah. a little weird so we we'll see well because amazon um, doesn't ship but, up uh, here Really? Yeah, we have to use DHL That's... exclusively. <laughs> fucking DHL. <laughs> fucking DHL. And they yeah. only have steam-powered rockets. 
I will tell you for my job, sometimes I do have to send things to like, uh, like Europe or Asia for certain, like various reasons. And like, I have to use DHL every time. And it's just like, ugh, why? you ever had to fucking plug in a DHL tracking number? Holy shit. It's like it's doing th- a math problem. <laughs> 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 this episode of middle Monday is brought to you by DHL. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, this. Check out all of those things and send us send your things in and just just you know just be cool, dude. Yeah. Just do whatever. Be excellent um, to each other. Be excellent to each other. Cole, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at I am Cole Duncan, and you can find me on Instagram at Subterranean Homesick Brews. What about you, Mister Zach James? You find me on Instagram at Author Zach James. I also uh, just like re got into twitter also at author zach james hmm. uh if you want to find me on playstation network i'm uh maverick rooster capital m capital r and uh i also get messages fairly quickly by uh, messenger pigeon <laughs> can they breathe on Moonbase? yeah there's there's little there's little like helmets that you can put on them they're adorable packs yeah they're really Aww, cute cute I named my uh, except for when the moon spiders get them, then it's so oh yeah, that's problematic. Yeah. It's messy. Oh uh, man, sucks to suck. I guess. Uh, before we move on to Chris Cole, what is your PlayStation? I, we I forgot to. Oh yeah, uh, same as Twitter. I am Cole Duncan. Nice, Chris. Where can they find you on the internet? Uh, let's see. Instagram and Twitter are Chris Hampton II. Uh, that's Chris Hampton the second. And my for those not knowing, yeah, I'm number two. <laughs> um, and then uh, PlayStation Network and also now Xbox are both. Oh no, he betrayed. He dark yeah. side. So, so I got side. this uh, through sick deals on our Patreon, oh, our Discord, and um, oh. I was just doing the math of like, well, if I get this and like Games Pass. Then I have a dedicated Metal Gear Solid Three machine in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Which, for the record, as we're recording this, it's the PlayStation's 25th anniversary, and he got an Xbox. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a bad heresy. boyfriend. Heresy. Um, <laughs> if we're <laughs> you're a bad bad boyfriend, when he told us this story story earlier, he led with, "I feel like a bad boyfriend." We were just like, "What? Wait, what? 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 What?" No, no, <laughs> it was no. Just, you boy Chris, what, are, what are those? What's that name on there? Proto dude. So it's capital P R O T O, and then dude is capital D D E, like <laughs> Proto Man, you know, from Mega Man. Except dude. But make it Jeff Bridges. Yes. But make it Jeff Bridges. I'm a dude, he's a dude, she's a dude, and we're all all dudes dudes here. No, 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 Um, no, 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 no. I love orange soda. (laughs) I love, Cal loves orange soda. And you can find me on the internet on Twitter at Sanjul, that's S-A-N-J-U-U-L, and you can also find me on YouTube at bit.ly forward slash Sam does a thing. Please subscribe so I can make my YouTube channel have a name. I would like that a lot. Um, And also uh, PlayStation at Deadpool Alpha. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think that is about it, friends. Uh, you know, we're reaching the end of our journey. Next week will be the last episode we do on Death Stranding, the game coverage at least. And, uh, you know, started doing this podcast with you boys. This is the this is a new, whole new crew, whole new strands, whole new uh, world with you. Mm-hmm uh over sideways and under on a magic carpet ride uh and you know i just uh i just feel like because of all this stuff we've been through so much together i just feel like we have like a connection or something like a like a strand like a strand God, <laughs> like I, a string I, I just hate whales now i love you guys but i hate whales i hate whales <laughs> i hate baseball good night everybody <laughs> I'll be on the metaphor. Come find me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I brought you a fucking metaphor. I can't fucking deal with this video game anymore, guys. I just can't do it. (laughs) I feel you and I might have like a connection. Something, something, something. Just ordered my secret Santa's gift. Oh yeah, nice. Yep. Zach named the group Billy's Billies. <laughs> Billy's Billies. Billy's Billies. Billy's Billies. Billy's All I can say is that uh, one of you is getting ten thousand live ladybugs. Hell yeah! Well, I know who's that god. <laughs> Ladybird. Ladybird. No. Butterfree. <laughs> <laughs> Butterfree! Oh.